Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is your favorite podcaster, Mark Cotrera, with your favorite podcast, Making a Cut. Thanks for joining me again for another episode of Sports Sunday. As always, you know where you can find me. My link is going to be on my Facebook. Of course, anywhere that you get your podcast, you can find me, especially on the Anchor app or Anchor.fm and Spotify. And you know I say it all the time on Spotify. If you if you search me, if you're not following me already, go ahead and follow me. Uh, but you just click follow, and it's going to let you know. It's going to alert you when my next episode is going to be up. And just you know, especially those times that I I slip out some of those other ones, whether it's morning dumps again or something like that. So be on the lookout. So again, thanks for joining me again for another Sports Sunday. We're getting closer and closer to Christmas. Uh, and, and I just now realizing that Christmas and New Year's are both going to be on Sunday. So that's going to feel whack on some stuff there. So we'll we'll look at, see what we're going to do, see if I can do stuff on Saturdays or if we're just going to skip those couple weeks. You know, everybody's taking a break on a lot of stuff. So I may, who knows. But it is also bowl season, which we'll get into that as well. Uh, on this episode, I'm going to be hitting on a lot of stuff. Uh, not just college football. I know I've been hitting on it a lot. I am going to hit on bowl season a little bit there. Uh, because bowl week starts this week the first bowls start this week they start friday night uh you know you had the army and navy game this past saturday which is a final regular season game of college football and we're off into the postseason and the fbs and so that's exciting as well uh, i do call the bowls the participation award bowls uh, regardless of whatever names they give them uh, unless you're in the playoff it really doesn't matter anymore although you know you have some of the teams that they'll never have the opportunity to be able to get to the playoff because of the way the landscape is set up. So the bowls are something specific and something great for them too. So that that's that's an opportunity as well. But jumping off into this week's episode, going to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Baker Mayfield himself. Listen, man, this guy, y'all, y'all have heard me talk about it before. I was a little bit more high on him than other people were uh, just because I saw what he was able to do in Cleveland with the circumstances that he, that happened there in, in, in Cleveland with him. And let me just kind of break that down for you before I jump off into what happened this past week or this, this week in football for him. Uh, but just rewind with me for a moment. Go back to when he's drafted. He goes there to Cleveland, goes into the organization in Cleveland, which has just been horrendous, man. Never won a Super Bowl. Hasn't won a championship since before the Super Bowl era. Uh, and so you have this 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 organization that's habitual in being a losing franchise, and just what they are. Listen, I say that with with all grace because as a Saints fan, this year and of course before the Drew Brees era, you know a playoff berth was just something special. Outside, you know now you, we're we're spoiled and we want more than that. We want a Super Bowl, or this year we just would have been happy with the playoffs. Let's be honest, but. When you look at what what else he went through there, uh, and I'll touch on the OBJ nonsense in just a moment too, but when you look at it prospectively for just a moment and unobjectively for just a moment, you look at it in his three years, four years there, I think it was four years, three years, I I don't remember exactly now, four years, yes, four years because he was up for his uh, fifth-year option and they didn't pick it up and traded him away, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But look at this situation he was there. Uh, three different head coaches, four different offensive coordinators. I mean, that's a lot. And I understand he's professional, but he's still a young quarterback. I mean, if you look at some of the other quarterbacks that are coming around, just look at Geno Smith, for instance. 
Nobody thought that was going to turn around. Nobody. No, most people didn't even realize he was still in the league. So you have that option. You have that, which I know is few and far between. But when you look at it and you watch it, and you can see that. And so you already had that built up against him. And, of course, you had the OBJ situation, which, let's be honest, even with Eli Manning in New York, uh, OBJ was a cancer there, too. And, then, you know, it brings his dad in and shows him film of him missing wide open receivers, etc. Let me break some things down to you for that, too, just to be able to give you some more perspective on it as well. Number one, young quarterback. Number two, you could look at the other games. You can look at seasoned you can look at Hall of Famer quarterbacks that are still in the league now, and you're still going to have situations like that where if you watch the film, you break it down, you're going to see them missing wide-open receivers on their routes where they're wide open. It happens all the time. Drew Brees did it. Aaron Rodgers still does it. Tom Brady did it a lot today in that embarrassing game against San Francisco. So it happens. So it's not just a one, to one just a Baker Mayfield situation. You also have it, you know, the guys in the media like Bart Scott are all over him in this just constantly, Shannon Sharp just constantly just berating the guy. And I guess it's understandable. I mean, you're number one overall pick. Uh, you got a chip on your shoulder the way that you talk. Sometimes not the most, uh, you know, humble way to say it or whatever. Uh, but it, what he w- went through there in Cleveland, yeah, not many quarterbacks would have survived that situation. It would have been like the same thing if he was in Detroit or, or New York with, with the Jets. It just, it's it's that way there. Then it gets traded, and you think maybe there's an opportunity there in Carolina. Of course, because Carolina has the the awesome quarterback situation there with Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker. Uh, so you think, you know, maybe Baker's going to excel there. And he didn't, and he really didn't play good at all. And let's, let's be honest on it. I'm not going to take up for him there that he didn't play well. He had an opportunity to take the starting position and didn't do it. And look, in Carolina, he had some other situations there, too, because it didn't matter who the, really the quarterback was there. Uh, maybe if they had a Hall of Famer, it would have been an opportunity for them to do something. But they've done better with the quarterback situation since Matt Rule has been fired and since Joe Brady was fired. You, you name it, any of these guys since Matt Rule has been there, there hasn't been a, a consistent quarterback situation to be helpful for the team. Uh, and it's, it's just been horrible, honestly. And, and the rebuild there with Matt Rule didn't work uh and it, right now the best quarterback option that they have is pj walker the ex xfl quarterback i mean it says a lot it honestly says a lot about the program the organization there as well so fast forward a little bit he gets cut he, he's he gets cut by carolina uh, uh only a cut i think it was on sunday or monday it may have been monday and then you know guess what the rams call up and say hey come on over here we're going to sign you they sign him. They have a quarterback situation over there. Matthew Stafford is going to be out for a while, if, if, if not for the rest of the season. I can't remember. Uh, the backup quarterback situation is, is putrid at best. And so he comes there, and he does what no quarterback has done in 45 years, literally 45 years, to come back and win the game uh, with being down seven. Uh, and I, well, actually, I'm messing it up. But be, coming the two-minute offense and score and win the game, the way that he did it was it was extremely impressive um you know you just you got to give the guy props but you also have to break this down too i just told you when he was cut and when they picked him up all he was able to do do was go through a couple of uh you know walkthroughs there was no real practicing for baker mayfield especially with starting reps there wasn't he wasn't even expected to play that's why he didn't start but he comes in and gets the game i'm not saying now that he's going to go over there and do what matthew stafford hasn't been able to do this season um 
you know, his biggest weapons are gone anyway. And both of your top receivers are injured. You're just giving away running backs anytime you want them. And your best, your top receiver right now is your tight end and Van Jefferson, right? Van Jefferson is your third or fourth option as a receiver. But you got to give props to dude. I'm happy for him. I know a lot of people don't like him. Uh, and understandably so. You got your own opinions on him, but I, I like him. I, I will say this. I saw somebody that I know post it and said, you know, Saints need to go ahead and try to sign him after this season uh, because you're going to get him for really cheap and you have no first-round draft pick. And that, and I completely agree with it. I, I don't have a problem with it. With the coaching staff right now, he may not succeed if we keep the same coaching staff. It is what it is. But let me tell you this. Some people were down on him for saying that, saying, no way, absolutely not. Well, your options right now are the Red Rocket, which has actually played really good. This past week he went 20 for 28, so he wasn't the reason why they – they blew the game, and I'll hit on that in just a moment, too. Uh, James Winston has never done that. Never, He's never done that. Now, it, now, you could try to put the Tampa Bay game this season where he came back, or the, I'm sorry, the Atlanta game where he came back, but that is not the same whatsoever. It, you're talking about a guy that did move the ball for three and a half quarters, and Atlanta went in the previous defense and allowed him to come back and win the game. If you watched it and you're not objective, you can, you can see that that absolutely happened. Matthew Stafford's never done that in his career. Jarrett Goff has never done that in career. Well, I'm bringing up those two guys. Well, both of those two guys, Jarrett Goff and, and Matthew Stafford, were there with that head coach and, uh, in Los Angeles with the Rams, the quarterback guru. Well, Baker Mayfield's there, and he, he did it without any real practicing. So that's pretty huge. Just want to just lay that out there. I'm, I'm praising him right now. I, I'm, he may fall off like uh, Sam Darnold did when he got the quote-unquote starting position back in Carolina. You know, get that one game, or or the Matt, the Mike White situation up there in uh, in New York with the Jets, where he got his one big game when he comes in, and then after that it's all downhill. It could be that, but let the guy fly how I can. Speaking of the Saints, boy, they just found a way to lose the other night, didn't they? On Monday Night Football to Tom Brady, you, you they had to give Tom Brady one more in case he doesn't come back next year, one more uh, comeback to show that he's done something great again. Sometimes it almost seems like it's scripted. But let me say this. After that game, everybody's saying, okay, the Saints are eliminated from the playoffs. And somebody asked me today, do you think there's any possibility? Well, for your so you're saying there's a chance award, it has to go to the Saints right now. And the reason why I say that is because when you look at it mathematically, they still can't make it to the playoffs, even being four and nine right now. Let me break it down to you. The way that that works. Tampa Bay is leading the division and is the division uh, leaders right now, meaning they, if they win the division where they're at, they'll be the playoffs, they'll be hosting the game, etc. Uh, they'll be the the team um, from the NFC South that's going to be in the playoffs for sure, okay? Let me break that down to you. They have six wins. Six wins. Saints have four wins. They're to the top. Saints are at the bottom, okay, with nine losses as well. Carolina has eight losses. Four, I, actually, I didn't see what they're doing. They're playing... I, I didn't. I didn't see. They might be on the bottom. I don't. I don't really. Yeah, they're playing Seattle. That's right. Anyway, follow with me. I'm sorry if I lost you there, but follow with me for just a moment. Saints have four games left. If they win three games, which was that would give them seven wins, and everybody else in the division loses all their games, they could still win the division. <laughs> they could win the division, being seven and ten this year. It's absolutely a possibility. You play Atlanta. You play Carolina, you play the Eagles, and one other team, I forgot who it was. So you got four games, and you have 
All you have to do is really all you have to do is win three games to be able to get seven wins and need some, a little luck for everybody. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Let's be honest. I kind of I, I don't see any way that it's going to happen, but there's still a chance. There's still a chance. And, you know, there's LSU's not playing right now. So just to do a little bit of transition there for just a moment, because, you know, I don't talk NBA, but the Pels, just to let you know, in case you didn't know, the Pels are actually in first place in the West. That's huge. The Pelicans, that is. That's huge. I, I Listen, I'm not watching NBA. I'm not a big fan of it anymore. They've ruined it a lot for me. But for the home team, I want to acknowledge it. For the home team to be in first place in, in the West, which means nothing right now, but it means a lot because they've never been there before. That's huge. So, moving on to my next topic, and I'm trying to fly through this tonight because, you know, I don't want to keep you all for, forever. Um, my next topic is the Heisman Trophy. I've talked about this so much the last week or so that I can't remember if I said it in my recording last week on Sports Sunday last week. Um, but uh, let, me, let me say this. The Heisman Trophy Award has become watered down big time. And this year is a prime example of that. Uh, I didn't think there was a clear-cut person nor clear-cut persons that should have been even invited to New York to go for the Heisman Trophy. I actually thought that this year they should have done the right thing and said, you know what, there's no Heisman Trophy winner this year. We're not we're not presenting, presenting the, that trophy to anybody because nobody is the clear-cut best player in college football. It's just not. Backtrack off that a little bit for just a moment. And honestly, when you begin to look at it, not only has the Heisman become an offensive award for so long, and because you really only have what uh, Charles Woodson is maybe the only, I'm pretty, yeah, he's the only defensive Heisman Trophy winner there is. Uh, receivers not winning anymore. They haven't won it in a long time. Desmond Howard might have been the last. Um, I'm pretty sure Desmond Howard is the last. But it's quarterback or running back. And running back is when there's, you know, the quarterbacks are absolutely horrible and they just get one running back that looks really good, right? Uh, but when you look at it this year, you had nobody. And look, you have awards for the quarterback and the running back, for the best running back and the best quarterback. Quarterback is the Maxwell Award, right? The best running back award has their own award. You don't have to have, you don't have to give those guys another award but just because they have it just because you want to name somebody but it's so watered down nobody can tell me that anybody blew anybody away this year nobody i mean maybe out of the three that were up there caleb williams from usc may have gotten a little bit of a nod there over cj stroud and i don't remember who the third person was maybe bryce i don't know who third. no it was it was uh uh, stetson bennett that's right i mean but was there really anybody deserve it of the Heisman Trophy this year? In my opinion, absolutely not. Because there was nobody. That Heisman Trophy means that you're the absolute head and shoulders best player in all of college football. And if you, the other two that are on the panel, and sometimes they'll do the other four on the panel that are that are get invited, uh, they are on up there too. And it's arguably that they are almost the best. And then you pick the best out of there to be the Heisman Trophy. Caleb Williams is not – there was nothing in his college football season that blew it away that said, all right, he's absolutely the Heisman. It was a process of elimination saying we got to give it to somebody, and that's the reason why it's watered down. And, listen, you have all of the issues with, with it anyway, uh, people getting picked over other people that probably should have won it, et cetera, in the past. But let's be honest. 
it's a watered down just as as it's as watered down as many of the bowls are. So college football, this is something they need to change. You should be able to make it special. The Heisman Trophy should be special. And it should be players that pop out like a Joe Burrow, a Tim Tebow, uh, a Bo Jackson, a Herschel Walker. It should be somebody that absolutely transcends the league that year. Right? Charles White. Whoever. O.J. Simpson. Whoever. Marcus Allen. It should be somebody that automatically, like, yes, I can associate them being a Heisman Trophy winner. Because they absolutely deserved it. But it's not anymore. There's nobody who can unobjectively look at Caleb Williams and say, yeah, he's absolutely the best player in college football. He absolutely is what it means to be a Heisman. No, he's not. I'm sorry, he's not. He's just absolutely not. Anyway, take, I'm, I'm going to take a deep breath. We're going to move on to the bowl games. I'm going to give you my picks for the bowl games for this week. I might do it next week. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to guarantee you that. But I am going to give you my picks for this week because, it is, like I said, Bowl games are starting, a.k.a. the participation awards games or participation trophies for those who actually win whatever trophy they're going to get from whatever participation in the bowl that, they, that they're going to. So, And the reason why I said it, too, is when you look at some of the, I'm going to put some of the records there so that you can see that, too, and understand another reason why I'm saying participation awards. Um, and, and you can't even use, some of them you can't even use because of the conference that they play in. It's just, it's not. So... On Friday, you have two games. One of the games, I'm, the first game I'm going to talk about is Miami, Ohio against UAB. Um, for those who are young or ladies that don't know, UAB is University of Alabama, Birmingham, okay? Both of these teams are 6-6. Six and six. So I don't know about you, but I don't know what about 6-6 six and six should say, hey, I should definitely get a bowl. But these two teams are playing. I'm going to pick UAB to win this game. I'm going to say that they cover the spread too because they're running game. Which really is you could you didn't get to see it against LSU uh, when they played LSU, but their running game really is the best in college football right now. Uh, their running back tandem is they they are a beast. They will have roster spots in the NFL. They might not get drafted high, but they're going to have roster spots. That's how good they are, and maybe their offensive linemen too. So be look at that. That's my pick UAB for that one over Miami of Ohio. The other game on uh, Friday is actually a top twenty-five showdown, number twenty-five and number twenty-four. UTSA, which is Texas San Antonio, which is 11-2, playing Troy, who's also 11-2. This is a game that should be played, okay, just to see who would be best out of it. I'm picking Troy here. Uh, the way Troy has come on at the end of the season, I think Troy is going to win this game. That's my pick for it. So let's move on to Saturday to those bowl games. And the first one I'll talk about is uh, Cincinnati's playing Louisville. Uh, listen, if you're getting upset with me because I didn't list you the name of the bowls, I, I'm sorry, but listen, I, the, the names of the bowls now, like LSU and Purdue is playing in the cheese at whatever bowl now. Uh, it's too hard to keep up with, even if I'm reading it. I, I don't even really care anymore because they're just kind of nonsensical. So uh, Cincinnati's playing Louisville. Cincinnati is 9-3. Coming off of one year of being away from um, being in the college football playoff. Uh, their head coach is leaving. Luke Fickle is going to be leaving there, so that puts a damper on it. Louisville actually is going to, who is at seven and five, is also without a coach because their head coach, their new head coach, is going to be the head coach from from uh, um, from Purdue. So this is a toss-up game for me because I want to lean heavier to towards Cincinnati. I don't know if Fickle is going to stay there and coach. I don't know what they're going to do on that. I don't think he is because of the way the recruiting is now uh, and the school that he's at. He's got to be able to to go right and he may have gone to Louisville no 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 no. anyway so I, I think I'm still going to lean towards Cincinnati in this game just because they do have a little bit more talent than Louisville does 
Uh, Louisville this year has a couple of good games uh, where they surprise people. That's the reason why they have the record that they have at seven and five. Uh, but they're still Louisville, and I, I think they're a step or two away. And I think Cincinnati takes this game. My next game, Florida playing number fourteen, Oregon State. Now Oregon State is nine and three, coming out of the Pac-12. Florida six and six which somehow still got a bowl game being 6-6. Six six. I know six games supposedly get you bowl eligible, etc. Um, here's the thing about this one. There would be some things that I would probably pick Florida on this game because it is the Pac-12 that is playing against, that they're playing against in Oregon State. Uh, and, of course, Florida did, at the beginning of the season, play Utah, which is the Pac-12 champions, and actually beat them and did it pretty nicely, but they did it in the swamp. Uh, but here's the thing. Their quarterback's not going to be playing because he's declared for the draft. So I'm going to go with Oregon State with this one. And it's not because of my hatred for for, uh, for Florida. This this is the reason why. Richardson's gone. Uh, nobody else is really taking any reps at quarterback. You you had some off-the-field situations this year. You got some things. You got, still got a new coaching staff there. And Oregon State is really trying to make a name for themselves in the new Pac-12. I see Oregon State coming with their hair on fire. Ears back, pinned back, and going and taking this game. Maybe a little bit closer because of the SEC talent that is there in Florida, but I do think Oregon State is going to take this game. Moving on to Washington State and uh, and Fresno State, not Florida State, sorry. Uh, I don't have Washington State's record, but I'm not really worried about it. Fresno State is 9-4, so they deserve to be in a bowl as well, right? Uh, I'm going to go with Washington State with this one. Fresno State is a really tough team. Uh, They don't really have much offense, though. Washington State is still going to be tons of offense, even though Mike Leach is not there. Uh, they are a really good team. If I'm not mistaken, they either beat Washington or had them on the ropes at the end of the game. I can't remember who won that game. Uh, I think it's the Apple Cup game, too. Um, so, that anyway, anyway, anyhow, that that's my, my pick is Washington State. Moving on to another game in Rice who's at 5-7. and seven. No reason why they should be in a bowl game whatsoever. Playing against Southern Miss, who's 6-6. Six and six. Now, Southern Miss, 6-6 six and six this year, is a huge feat because it's a brand-new coaching staff there. I, I will say they have a quality win uh, at being 6-6 six and six by beating Tulane. And so that's pretty huge. Uh, and Rice really doesn't deserve to be in this game, being at 5-7. and seven. So I'm going to say Southern Miss takes this game. And I, it's going to be a close, hard-fought game because it's still a young team, young coaching staff. But Rice doesn't deserve to be there. Southern Miss is going to take this game. Uh, SMU and BYU, both teams are seven and five. Uh, this is a toss up for me, but I went ahead and picked SMU. I think uh, I think I think they have an opportunity to take this one. I think BYU is a little bit overrated at the beginning of the season, and it showed throughout the season with their five losses. I could be wrong on this one, but SMU is the one I got in my gut feeling for it. And then you got North Texas and Boise State. Um, North Texas is seven and six, and Boise State is nine and four. Honestly, I just got to go with the Bluefield team, even though they're not playing on the Bluefield. I think Boise State takes this game, and I think they take it easily. So that's that's my picks for the bowls. That's going to be coming up this week. If you're a bowl extravagant person, where you just love to watch all the bowls, that's my picks for you. Um, I, I normally don't pick college football games. I normally leave the pick into me and my son when we do uh, NFL, take it to the bank picks, but. We haven't been doing that this season. Well, I've only done it twice. But uh, bowl season, it's still a fun time. Still a little bit of football. It's your opportunity to still watch football until, um, you know, before it's over with. Because it's when it gets to bowl season, it lets you know that 
season's almost over with. And if your team's not playing for a, for a national title or in the playoff in itself, and it's kind of sometimes just like blah. I will be watching the Cotton Bowl for sure. I really, really am excited to see Tulane beat Kayla Williams in USC in, in Texas. I'm just really excited to see that. I can't wait to see it. Anyway, so I did see today that they were that they were showing that it's going to be Saturday games this coming Saturday. I don't understand why, really, but it is what it is. I mean, it's not the week of Christmas. I don't understand. Maybe they did that wrong. I don't know. But anyway, so that is my show this week. I hope you all enjoyed it. Hope you join me again next time and have a lot of fun with me while we're doing it. So anyway, I appreciate all of you. It's been a great year so far. In case I don't get another episode this year, thank you all again for this year. Um, Big props. I I appreciate it a whole lot. Uh, Make sure you all have a good night. Have a good Christmas. If you don't hear from me before then, love you guys. Thank you so much. This is your favorite podcast, The Mark Contreras, with your favorite podcast, Making a Cut. See you next time.